I think there's a value in kind of being curious about ourselves and trying to examine how we see our future. Are there parts of our future that we have doubts about, that we have questions about? It's a valuable process to kind of try to get in touch with that inner experience of how we see our future. Aspire. Build your power skills and increase your employability. Brought to you by Amdocs. Hi, I'm Joel from Amdocs. With us is Dr. Judith Devine, a clinical psychologist. Hi, Judy. Hi. Each one of us will bring their own unique point of view. Me as a manager at Amdocs People, which is the Amdocs HR, and you, Judy, as a practicing clinical psychologist. We invite you, dear listeners, to join us as we delve into these letters and offer our thoughts, feelings, and insights. So, uh, Dror, it sounds like uh, Amdocs has been doing some really exciting things uh, with these learning initiatives. Tell me about what you guys are doing. So this mini-series of episodes about resilience is an attempt to give a platform for employee stories and get recognition for them and maybe some reflection about what they went through and for others to learn with us together about their own resilience and adaptability based on others' experience. Great. So you're saying, in other words, we're looking to employees to share their experiences of resilience, where they feel they have exemplified resilience in their lives. And maybe together we can kind of come up with some conclusions and and thoughts about how people, each on an individual level, might be able to imitate or emulate that. Exactly that. All right, so let's read the letter. So this is the first letter we are going to hear. It's uh, been written by an employee called Anthony, who bravely shared with us uh, his struggle with uh, clinical depression. It wasn't immediately obvious to me. A friend asked me if I was okay. I realized I wasn't. I'd been holding it all together for so long that I couldn't imagine myself falling apart. This was 2018. I had a full-time job, two kids, a new house, good friends. On paper, everything looked pretty good. So why did I feel like things were hanging by a thread? My friend told me, it's okay to fall apart. The pieces will come back together and I'm here for you. I spoke to my wife and it was the first time I'd looked someone in the eyes and told them I needed help and I didn't know why. I felt like I needed an answer to why I felt so low. I couldn't explain it. I needed a professional to help me through it and understand. I saw a therapist for a few months and started taking antidepressants. They were both a lifeline for me. My friends and wife were part of that lifeline too. Talking to people was a good start and the beginning of an understanding that had eluded me for so long. Vocalise your thoughts. They sound different out loud. They can be quelled. I'll never be cured. The building blocks of my personality can't be changed. But now I have a toolkit on top of them. A toolkit I only put together with help. What I build in my life upon those foundations that troubled me for so long is now my own to choose. I have control of my life. And my future is a clear and happier one because I asked for help. Yours, Anthony D. I listened to your story, Anthony, 
And I felt, in some cases, a bit of shivers. Really? Yeah. I think that uh, Anthony has gone through a vast journey in his life. In the story he's sharing with us, I felt that he's brave for being able to share it with us. I think that Anthony demonstrated an ability here to cope with the biggest challenge that he has coped with. So you're saying you think it might have been the biggest challenge in his life, this whole episode that he's gone through. It sounds like it, like, yeah. a, like a huge obstacle that he has met within himself and he had to, you know, cross it. To me, uh, you know, one of the things that stands out to me is that he's, he's really been suffering. And um, I think that he gives us an example, a little bit of a window into what it's like when somebody feels depressed. Uh, you know, listen to his words. He talks about uh, feeling like he was falling apart, feeling very low. He talks about having thoughts that needed to be quelled. This is what happens sometimes when people feel depressed. It's often feeling very overwhelmed, feeling a lot of negative thoughts. Might be a feeling, an inner feeling of, of emptiness, maybe something that we call also anhedonia, which is uh, finding difficulty having pleasure in, in areas in our lives when we used to have pleasure. So he was in a really, really uh, difficult state, it sounds like. And, you know, the fact that, uh, Anthony, you raised this story, it sounds like you also acknowledge the fact that without your friend, you, you couldn't have raised it. It's like your friend was took a significant part in your process of awareness to your own feelings, emotions, depression. And I want to, to relate to that. I think that meaningful support systems in life are so important for your sometimes survival, sometimes succeeding in crossing some uh, challenges that you are facing, crises. The meaningful support system that you had, Anthony, is actually the one that... Serves him well. Yeah, he was there to help him take that step towards treating himself. Yeah. I have to say that I think, uh, Anthony, I think you showed also a lot of strength in your ability to kind of integrate that feedback that you got. I mean, how many times do we get feedback either directly, you know, sent our way or, you know, messages that whether it be, you know, take care of your health, uh, eat more healthy, whatever it is, but, and we sort of let it go past us, but he didn't, Anthony, you, you, you actually used that feedback and internalized it and did something with it. And, and it sounds like that, that really made a huge, huge difference in your life, thank God. I think that it has to do also with trust. You trusted this person, your friend. Without the trust that he's, he wants, you know, your own good, Anthony, I think uh, you, you wouldn't have believed him. You wouldn't have taken it that seriously. But uh, the fact that he reflected you, and I'm assuming he's a guy here, he reflected this um, situation you were in, I think that your friend was like a flashlight in the darkness that enabled you to see something in the, the mist, the internal mist that you were suffering from. To build on that also, I think it shows that they had a certain level, like you said, of trust and a certain strength of, in the bond between Anthony and his friend. I mean, that they felt open uh, enough with each other to, to share about what they're feeling and friend to share uh, his or her concerns about Anthony. 
when you talk about meaningful support systems, I think that eventually you are living in a, a lot of your hours inside the organization you are working at. It is something which is very natural to have relationships in your workspace, wherever you are. But in order for these relationships to become more than just relationships of professional relationships, there is a meaning to a social support system that also exists at work. And moreover, in the last two years of the pandemic, the fact that there is a mixture between your own private life as an individual who lives with his family or without his family or with his friends and uh, has a whole set of relationships outside of work. And the fact that work came in there and became part of your day-to-day lives at home. You walk while your family is around you. Right. You walk while other things are happening around you, which yeah. are not work-related. Yeah. This integration between the two has caused a lot of stress. Sometimes I think people feel a burden in this situation. I agree with what you're saying, Dror. And <laughs> I think that, you know, on the one hand, one can point to some of the positives that came in the wake of the pandemic in terms of more flexibility uh, in many workplaces about working more hours from home. But you're saying it can, it can come with a price. It can come, you know, that it's hard to it's hard to draw that line between what's work and what's home life and kind of allowing oneself the requisite time to sort of uh, refresh oneself and rejuvenate, uh, you know, before returning to a work environment. I think that you were very accurate, uh, Judy, in what you said. I want to add to that, that uh, without you having a support network that helps you to feel safe at work, more of these days, it's more difficult to be without it. Like you're, you're home alone, walking alone, in front of your computer a lot of times, without the corridor conversations, without going to lunch with people. It is There's vital. Like, it's less of a, like a holding environment. You really are much, on the one hand, it could, you could really be, feel much more alone, you're saying, in today's day and age in terms of the working from home setting. Exactly. It, potentially, yeah. It doesn't mean it has to be yeah. like that. But also I want to add to that the, there's a meaning to the fact that uh, people can feel safe at their work even more than in the pandemic days. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a role for managers here. I think that managers must create a safe environments for their employees where they can feel confident in being themselves, making mistakes, feeling uh, difficulties, sharing these difficulties. This is a very important thing. And when you have both the psychological safe environment uh-huh. and you having your own network of social support at your workplace, it will enable you to feel more comfortable sharing what you're going through. And I hope that the employees do feel this way, at least at Amdocs. Beautiful. I wanted to, you know, going back to Anthony, um, I want to say that I also find it poignant, Anthony, that really how hard it was for you to see what you were going through. Again, looking at your words, you say, it wasn't immediately obvious to me. I couldn't see myself falling apart. I couldn't explain it. You, you know, it's, it's very poignant to me that you didn't realize how much you were going through. Uh, it sounds like, you know, you were really uh, holding in a lot. 
And there's a price for holding in a lot. And I think that uh, Anthony has paid it. I can say personally that I paid a price for holding it uh, inside of me in the past. And you feel like now you've made a change where you, that's less the case these days for you? Actually, I'm quite sure of it because I'm making sure that I can, sh- I have people around me that I can share what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Pressure, the difficulties, the inconvenience I, I sometimes feel at my workspace. So yeah, actually, yes. Eventually, in the past, when I didn't do that, I suffered. There was a lot of the consequences or prices that I paid for that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think also, you know, you talk about uh, verbally expressing what one's going through, which is, of course, important. There can, I think, you know, it can take different forms for different people. Some people might feel like it's a wonderful release for them uh, to have outlets in creative work, whether it be music or dance or art. Uh, obviously exercise is so vitally important for for releasing tension and stress. Uh, for some people, it could be martial arts. You know? So I think, you know, having outlets, certainly the verbal, speaking things out verbally is important. But again, you know, I think everybody can find their own balance uh, for that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be therapy, no. I, I agree. I agree. Therapy is a, a fairly new convention, if you ask me. Do you think that there's a meaning to the fact that Anthony is a man? Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking about that. I was thinking whether whether he feels particular pressure to keep up a certain image uh, as being a male. You know, and again, you know, Anthony, if I can, you know, look at your words, you talk about I had a full-time job, two kids, a new house, good friends. I wonder whether you felt like you, you had to do that, whether that, you know, that was a certain expectation that you had, that you, you needed to have that very strong outside image and, and whether that made it more difficult for you to acknowledge all of, of what you were going on for you inside. But uh, I think that, and I'm not representing all males all right, that must be said. But for us men, it's, it's sometimes a struggle to admit weaknesses and difficulties. It's not that easy for us. One other thing I wanted to, to, to bring up before we, we wrap up. Anthony, I, I'm kind of struck by some of the words that you use in your letter. You know, on the one hand, you talk about feeling optimistic, um, about a, having a clearer and happier future. Yet... Look at what you say at the same time. You say, I'll never be cured of this. The building blocks my personality were built on are unchangeable. To me, that sounds like you're still kind of, you feel limited about the future. You feel like something is holding you back. I'm curious about that, and I, I invite you to be curious about that also. Uh, maybe that's something to, to think about. What, why do you feel that Whatever it is that you're struggling with is, is not something that can be overcome completely. Okay, Dror, maybe we want to review a little bit some of the, the points that we went over today and, and things that listeners can take away from this uh, podcast. Yeah, I think that uh, there was a first point that you raised that was around the flexibility that Anthony has demonstrated in his letter or in his story, actually. Yeah, and and the importance of flexibility in order to maintain a resilient attitude and approach. 
And also we mentioned the healthy support systems that uh, one should have in his life in order both at work, but of course out of work, but in our context, in the organization that someone is working at, in order to be able to cope with all the things that someone is encountering while working in his private life, by the way, and in his uh, organizational life as well. Okay. Other, another point that we brought up was about the importance of having outlets, speaking with, with friends and colleagues, sure, and, and also having other outlets to, to be able to handle stress and, and to be able to have ways to, to channel the stresses of daily living. And uh, maybe two last points. The one is the, the pressure that uh, exists upon the Western man uh, to be good enough to, to meet the image that uh, someone is, has in mind of what is, a, what is a man. Yeah, the other point I wanted to make was, as we were saying a few minutes ago, I think there's a value in kind of being curious about ourselves and, and trying to examine how we see our future. Are there parts of our future that we have doubts about, that we have questions about? Uh, is there something in our personality that we feel might be holding us back for kind of building the future that, for ourselves that we want? I think it's a, it's a valuable process to kind of try to get in touch with that inner experience of, of how we see our future. So that was a beautiful point that summarizes the whole. Thank you a lot, Judy. Thanks for inviting me here today. It was really an honor. I believe some of you could uh, relate or take uh, some food for thought from our discussion, whether you went through a similar mental challenge or process uh, in your own lives or just found it uh, relevant. See you in the next letter. Thank you.